Yeah. If you had a computer that was engaged in work 30% of the time, right? Like, I'm just going, why? I understand it and I know it's okay because people say it's okay. But intuitively, I go, huh? <laughs> like, no way. If I had a workforce of 10 people and I only knew that three of them wanted to be there, they really wanted to be there, I'd go, why can't I find another three? <laughs> so there's six of you and then 60% is engaged. Like this is this, you know, th this is what I mean when we're, we're in disruptive times, but we have so much stuff we need to get done. We need to create new value in these spaces. Leaders need to do that. Welcome to the change lead the podcast providing leaders with the insight needed to get things done in a rapidly changing and complex world. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Connect with our community of like-minded leaders on our website, thechangelead.com. Welcome to The Change Lead with your host, Babatope Ipiyumi. This episode is a continuation of my conversation with Derek Arise. Derek is truly passionate about innovation. His journey is filled with adventure, experimentation, and continuous learning. This episode concludes my conversation with Derek on innovation in times of disruptive change. So, hold on tight. This will add new value to your life and career. There was something you said there that really struck home. Um, that you can never be wholly wrong in what you do. Even if you're making, you're, you're learning, you're experimenting. And as long as you take that approach in learning new things, it, it's, it goes a long way. So any profession, professional, whatever you're doing, you can innovate, you can experiment. Yeah, I want to speak sure. to leaders in this context as well. Because leaders okay. tend to have an outsized influence in this space. Um, yeah, leaders yeah. can create a context in which innovation could be easier. And they can create a context in which innovation is a lot harder. Um, yeah. Can you speak to the role of leadership in these very disruptive yeah, sure. times of change? Um, okay. So, let's see. So, with, with leaders, um, they've got a tough gig these days, right? I mean, they've always had a tough gig, but, but now... Um, now, if, if you're going to lead and, and, and direct it, you're directing in these times when the rules are changing like crazy. So, so what, what does, what does a leader need to do, uh, especially for the innovation side of things? Well, um, I guess there's, there's three things. So first is they got to figure out what innovation is for them, right? Um, so as a leader, uh, what does innovation mean to you? So for me, I have a per because every person, you would have an in a, a definition of innovation. I would have a definition of innovation. When I work with organizations, I say, what is the organization's definition of what innovation is first, right? Because if you don't have one, you have to have one that everyone can see is, is, is what this word innovation is. So for me, it's, it's very much about innovation is the creation of new value. And so it's got the creation process in it, it's got value, but it's gotta be new value that's being created. So something is innovative when you're creating new value. Leaders need to first figure out 
what that is. Now, from a, I guess, a, a helicopter point of view, what I'm saying is a leader needs to know the direction they need to be heading. And they need to be very clear on, on that. It doesn't mean that they need to direct people specifically on how to get there through each point. But what they need to do is they need to be like this compass to say, we're going to end up going in this particular direction. And in order to get there, I'm going to give you the support and the tools to actually go upon this voyage to hit us in that direction. And somewhere over there is that target that we need to be, we need to be pursuing. So there's a couple of things that are tied into that. Number one is they know the direction. Number two is that they are um, uh, giving the right support tools for people to be able to do it without telling them step-by-step -step instructions on how to get there, right? So that's autonomous, more autonomous leadership. The third thing is they're very good at communicating that, which a lot of leaders aren't when it comes to this innovation stuff, right? So they, they are excellent communicators, but the communication part has a little bit of a hook to it. And the hook is you got to walk the talk when you're, right? So, so, the communication is saying, yes, we must be innovative. I'm going to encourage everyone to be exper do an experiment. It's okay if you make mistakes. You have to fail often and fail fast. Just don't do it when it, you know, there's any money onto it. And then the next thing you go, you see them out there and they're so conservative and they're reporting to the board on all the things that they need to report on, which by the way is what you have to do. So you have to be a bit of, you know, have to switch your, your personalities a little bit. But welcome to the time of disruptive change. You need to have multiple faces for multiple times. But that's, those, those would be some of the key things. I think, um, and they, they need to be able to deal with change and, 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 um, and it, look, it's hard and it's easy for someone like me, right? To, cause someone says, well, so how many multi, multinational corporations have you run, Derek? Zip. Okay. But I have run an organization with over 1500 people. I've had to restructure the HR services, the IT services, the marketing service. I had to reorganize and do all the operations on it. I get it. But we have to be smarter than just working in one silo. We can't to be able, we can't do that to run large organizations anymore. So you have to drink from the Kool-Aid, not just say to drink the Kool-Aid. You've got to carry it. You've got to give people direction. You've got to give them the autonomy to get there. And you've got to give them the resources to do that and, and create those environments, those spaces, and those tools. And guess what? That's on top of all the all the day-to-day -day stuff that you're supposed to do in whatever organization you're doing. But welcome to the new reality, right? That's how things have got to be. Yeah. And people go, I don't have enough time. I just go, no, we've never had enough time. We've never had enough time. So prioritize that's all, you know, it's, and I'm not being flippant, uh, you know, we all, I think, oh, I've got a math question for you. Like, if we live, let's say, okay, how long, how, how long do you want to live life? Like, how many years do you want? You or, or me? I think most, most people would just naturally think like a hundred. You want to go into okay. that kind of so way. A hundred, right? Too. Okay. Okay. So hundred, hundred. Now, how many days are in a year? 365. Okay, so okay, three sixty-five. <laughs> so, a hundred years times three sixty-five is how many days? So, uh, sorry, a hundred days times 
365. Let's try that again. A hundred years times 365 days is how many days? I knew I could get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. you, you look at, um, that's going to be 36,500. Okay, 36,500. Is that a lot of days? It's a lot of days, but it doesn't feel that much. When no, I mean, like that. no. 36,500 days is not a lot. I mean, if I said, I'll give me $100,000 or $36,500, and every day you spend a buck, you know, and let's say you're 50 now, well, you don't have 36,000 days, you got 18,000 <laughs> days, right? So none of us have got more days or less days to be on the planet. So I get we're busy, right? But how much of that time are we doing on... I'm not going to say Facebook, but let's say social media, right? And how many other times are we like messing around? And, and I'm not saying, but I'm going, you know, there's a lot of stuff we need to do, but it's a bit like that brain thing we were talking about. We're excellent, but we got to more that, we, you know, we're excellent, but we're not excellent enough on, on this stuff. And with our timing and our priorities, it, it's the same. It's the same. And it's funny because when you find out how to to do stuff or it's important enough you'll find a way of doing it like I, I did this art show for this friend so um and so it's it's a full gallery show that i had to do so it was about 35 pieces and even though i had a year in advance were to plan it i mean you have to plan design the artwork do the layout do the stories and all of that so you know when i did it i did it between 12 and, and three o'clock in the morning for six months got done wow. right it didn't it didn't change my work my work stayed the same my commitments my family obligations are all the same but for six months i didn't sleep as much as i should have right now i'm not encouraging people to do that but my point is you find if it's important enough you find a way of doing it because i wanted to do the show not just for the artwork but because i wanted to raise funds for this charity so we were raising funds for families suffering from dementia right so so it's important. I couldn't just commit and then go, no, it's not going to happen. And I'm, I'm not using this as, as a show piece, but as an example to say, if you've got the right hunger, you find a way of doing it. And for leaders, it's the same thing. It's where's the real hunger for it, you know? Because I've heard way too many times, you know, one of the reasons why corporate leaders don't necessarily walk the talk and i'm not pointing at anyone i'm just going this is you know sweeping statements is yeah. well you know they 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 get paid well but they know that they're going to be there for 36 months so three years they know they're going to be there for and then somebody else is going to come in so their plans are maximizing the profit for the shareholders for 36 months and then they know they're going to transition out and they'll get a nice pay packet and they they're happy with that, and then they'll transition to another job. Have Have you heard something similar to that? Oh yeah, that's that's what we see all the time. That's um, okay. Short term business leaders, national leaders. It's the same kind of concept. The okay. time frame is so narrow that nobody can take a step back and invest the time for that long term, multi generational thinking of dealing with the challenges that we're facing now. We're going to face for many years to come. So my question is this: Why is it okay? Like, we all know this is a major problem. Why is this okay? I don't get it. Like, you know, so when we're talking about this innovation thing and this, this curiosity thing, it's like, yeah, and, and people go, yeah, that, that, that works. I mean, another thing that I have, and this is, you know, this ties into 
why I do this innovation work because I want to dig in for people to say, you're right, it's not okay. We need to experiment in this area. Um, uh, engagement scores, right? Now, I haven't seen the last set of Gallup engagement scores, but engagement scores are bouncing around and I know somebody's going to listen and go, you got it wrong, but let's say it's 30%, let's say, right? Globally, 30% of the workforce is engaged and people go, that's about right. And I go, so if you had a toaster and you were making toast and it was engaged 30% of the time, would you throw that toaster out and go, it's crap? <laughs> yeah. If you had a computer that was engaged and worked 30% of the time, right? Like I'm just going, why? I understand it and I know it's okay because people say it's okay. But intuitively I go, huh? <laughs> like no way. <laughs> if I had a workforce of 10 people and I only knew that three of them wanted to be there, they really wanted to be there, I'd go, why can't I find another three? <laughs> so there's six of you and then 60% is engaged. Like this is, this, you know, th this is what I mean when we're, we're in disruptive times, but we have so much stuff we need to get done. We need to create new value in these spaces. Leaders need to do that because it's going to, you know, if you don't keep building new stuff, and getting your people to try things out, the competition's going to sweep you out. Like, you know, uh, employees, if you're not looking at being curious, guess what? There's going to be machinery that comes and that's going to take you over. I mean, why is there so much robotics and automation going on? Because the people in the assembly lines were messing up a lot, right? Because if people were 100% awesome at building stuff, nobody would be saying, how do I become more efficient? So, you know, you gotta do stuff that you want. You gotta be curious, gotta take the risks, you gotta experiment, you gotta create these adventures in your lives so that it creates something that is worth fighting through these incredibly challenging times. Indeed, indeed. Um, last question I wanna ask. Sure. I want to pull on the, the thread of art for a little bit. So you did mention okay. the artwork you're doing. Yes. Um, but I'd like to just pull on it a little bit. Mm. Has, first of all, that's, it's very, well, it's, it's an eclectic mix in my view of when, when, I, when I compare everything else you're doing. But, yeah. But has that, has being involved in art, has your artwork improved or encouraged innovation? Or is, how has that dynamic been? that interplay between your artwork and yeah. innovation. Sure. So so I guess look for 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 some of the people that will be listening to this. Uh, I I do visual art and I do mainly mixed medium canvas stuff. So I like having a canvas and painting on it and and using paints primarily acrylics. And the reason I say that is because art is so much more like art is doesn't have to be in this medium it can be in any medium right so so art can be in mathematics in fact that's you know an exciting space to be in art can be in healthcare it it's you know it's going stuff you're engaged in you know art 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 is there for those those people right because but so but what what is as art it's art's the use of creation the ability to build stuff um, in order to express thoughts and ideas, 
right? And then get other people to to share those things. So so it doesn't have to be this, but but I do it because I I, I picked it up from my mom. It's also a little bit of catharsis. I I basically started doing it. Um, my mom is a well-known artist, so her um, in in Canada. So um, Barbara Aristrovas, you guys can check it out. She does contemporary art, but I'm very hot topical issues so she'll you know she did a an entire gallery on on the history of money from from coin all the way through to blockchain and my mom's in you know she's in her 80s so so like someone's doing stuff that's quite progressive because she wants to stay relevant but but she's so she 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 is constantly producing a couple of shows and whenever i go to canada which is every year to check up on mom and make sure you know she's she's staying out of trouble because she's always getting into trouble. Um, uh, we, one of the things we do is we we do art. So I help on some of the admin, but then she's you know she said, look, let's do some collaborative work. And so I've always toyed around 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 with that. And then I also when I um, when I uh, was working for the museum in Melbourne, I was broke. And but I bought a, a warehouse shell, uh, and um, and I needed to decorate this warehouse shell, and so imagine like concrete walls and white uh, concrete floors and white white walls and really high ceilings, and you know, and I'm going to the Salvation Army and, and buying like cushions because I couldn't afford furniture, and I decided that I I needed in this warehouse big paintings, um, so I bought two by fours and I built them myself. And then stretched, bought canvas, painted white. And I didn't even buy canvas; just bought textile material and made my own large canvases. And then painted them. Um, and and they went wrong. They went horribly wrong. Um, so like I, I had this idea, for example, of painting a large canvas yellow and then putting a really funky um, Jackson Pollock splash across in red. So you know you had this great. And I did that, and it went crap <laughs> it just it looked it looked like somebody done something they shouldn't have on them and i go what do i do with this and all of a sudden i go through this process which ties into your 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 um, your question which is you know i had this idea and and yet it's gone horribly wrong like i want it to look like this thing but it's not like that so then the next thing is you go well how do i get it to look like that original idea well you got to pivot, you got to iterate, you got to use another material. So this yellow thing with this red went wrong. So I started mopping it up. And as I was mopping it up, I realized that the yellow and the red would blend to create orange. And all of a sudden, the yellow and the red created this orange spots. And all of a sudden, this flat surface ended up looking like three dimensions. You could add depth to it. And then what? So, so all of a sudden, it started because I was using a, like a ragging finish. It, it would create just like a little bit like the painting behind me. You can see there's a bit of movement and shades in between it. So it creates this dimension. So you discover this and you go, well, how can I work on this new dimension to actually create it into something nice? So what I ended up doing was I ended up um, by accident again, I discovered that you could scratch into the paint images. And so I, I, scratched in a, a children's story, one of my favorite children's stories from Dr. Seuss called Oh, the Places You'll Go, which is a, um, a story about um, everyone will be successful if you're persistent. 
and sometimes things go wrong, but then you pick yourself up and you start over again, and then all of a sudden you become successful again. And I wrote the entire story in this big canvas that was colored orange and yellow and a little bit of red, and all of a sudden it looked incredible. Um, so incredible that someone ended up coming to the house, not that like a friend of mine, and they ended up buying it. And so I did another one, and I sold that. And then my builder saw the painting and asked me to do it for his kids. And all of a sudden, I've got this additional revenue stream that's coming in. And I found out, hey, there's this whole talent behind it. But but how does this artwork tie into it? Well, the way it ties into it is is this. And the reason why I told you this little silly story about it going from a canvas that you just is makeshift into something that all of a sudden I'm selling is I started with this image that like an innovation you start where you're trying to solve a problem and that problem you start with one particular solution and that solution originally went wrong and then what you try to do is you try to change it a little bit so that you still get to that solution and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And so then you have to keep iterating. You have to keep trialing it. Uh, you keep modifying it using different materials, using different techniques. The painting did not look like a Jackson Pollock style painting anymore. It was actually something that I started modifying to be something that was more representative of who I was. Which, which was interesting because I love that story. I put it up there because it, rather than just having a fancy piece of art or an imitation of a fancy piece of art, it ended up becoming something personal. And guess what? It started being even more valuable than the original idea. And this thing about art is that it is almost the exact same model as the innovation process. You start with something blank or something raw, and you have a concept that you want to end up with. And as you're building this concept or building this idea, some things work and some things don't, and you need to modify it and keep modifying it and working on it until it becomes something where you've created value, either for yourself or for the other people that see it. And you know when the piece is done and most artists never finish a piece because there's always something else to do it. But all of a sudden somebody says, no, it's perfect. I'm going to take it away from you. You can work on something else. And it's that systematic process of planning and trying it and modifying it and getting the message out. And it's not the right message and modifying it again that keeps you moving. And it is almost like the twin of the formalized business innovation process right and i love both so so that's 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 the connection in it um and then the other part of it is you know i mean is my work good some people buy it some people don't am i out there to make it into a commercial success no but if it's something that helps people or makes them feel good i'm great but a lot of it is just the process of actually doing things that um, that allow you to communicate messages. Like, for example, the, the piece behind me is a piece, one of two pieces, um, where I was, um, I was experimenting with the concept of the left brain and the right brain. So one of the paintings, the one that I have behind me, 
is done completely with my right hand, so using my left brain, uh, one environment, and then the similar twin, but it's in a different color, is done completely with my left hand. So similar techniques, but and not at the same time, right? But similar environments, similar spaces. And then in the exhibition, I say, so let's look at what the right brain is doing, what the left brain is doing, and how they're similar and how they're different. And it's like, and then you go, and when you're using your right brain, you switch, you know, you can switch to use your left brain. So then I did a third piece, which is actually a combination of layering the right brain, well, stuff with my right hand, stuff with my left hand, and I get people to compare all three. And then I start talking about this is the same thing when you're being critical and when you're being you're doing critical thought and when you're doing lateral thinking. You're going from creative thought, which is very wide and open, to critical, which is very narrow. And you need to be able to switch between the two. And so notice how it comes out in a piece of art. Now, can you feel it when you go from critical thinking in your head to creative thinking in your head? Do you feel that subtle switch? And what, what is the difference? And can you switch between the two? So, see, uh, not intentionally again, but all of this stuff is morphing into the same message through different forms and different media. It's, it, it's fun. It's fun and it's cool. It, it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's amazing. I have to say, I think what, what you shared is inspirational. It's, it's insightful. I've learned a lot listening to you, but it's also inspirational that we need to be... You basically inspired me to become more innovative, take more chances, take more risks, experiment more. Um, just in closing, what, I don't know how easy it would be for you to do this. What one phrase would you want to leave people with ah, as we close out our conversation? One phrase. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Let me, let, me, let, me think, let me think a little bit. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's a tricky uh, one, I know, because you said so much, but you want yeah, to yeah. go for it. So I think, okay, so I, I think the... Uh, you're right. It, it is hard for me because I talk too much. But um, I think it, it, it goes back to to um, the phrase that, that I, I want people to think about is, is more along the lines of um, it's more along the lines of look uh, find what drives you, what your purpose is right? Um, we as, as humans are not meant to be passive. And so these times of disruption are actually um, a blessing for us because they're forcing us to be active and find our deeper purposes to allow us to do these innovation processes of being curious, taking risks, experimenting, not just for those purposes of, of, of doing those activities, but for us to be better and help ourselves and help um, our organizations um, and also our communities uh, to improve. And we've got a lot that we can do to make things better. So I think that's, that's probably my biggest message is, is take those three things that I started at the beginning, you know, say yes to stuff, be risky, try the experiments, build all of these things together um, because it's, it's going to make you um, more fulfilled 
um, more purposeful and and you'll find that golden ticket that's going to not just help you it's going to help so many other people around you impressive um derek thank you so much for your time for sharing it's been a wonderful conversation thank you so, oh, so much. thank you as well thank you i, I um i'm very honored that you've uh you've taken the time to actually uh, uh spend time and and, and talk to me and, and do this interview. It's a real, it's a real pleasure. I, I hope, I hope it's, it's been a blast for me. Um, and, uh, I hope I haven't, uh, talked to you to death, but, <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, nice one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're sensational. Super. Thanks for tuning in to my conversation with Derek. If you'd like to connect with Derek, check the show notes to find details. If this episode was of value to you, please consider leaving a review wherever you get your podcast. Leaving a review is the absolute best way to support the podcast and ensure I continue to have great guests on the show. You can tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Audible, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, the Change Lead website, and many more platforms. To continue the conversation, please connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day and see you next time.